have those discussions with my students. I teach fourth grade and I would tell them sometimes, don't just take what I'm saying. You know, have a conversation with your parents, see what they say, you know, go look it up. You have so many resources and and they would come back and sometimes they would say, well, my parents or my dad said this or that or, you know, and it was really neat to get to get them at that young age to start knowing what they believed as truth and why they believed that. Maybe that's one of the things that concerns me is that sometimes we consider a good Bible study to be one in which there's no, no disagreement. I find that to be really concerning because if we're not disagreeing over everything, then mm, we could all be misled. Welcome to the Patterns of Truth podcast, the place for casual discussion of biblical principles and difficult questions that face the Christian believer. We believe that the Bible can speak to today's issues, giving us the wisdom and the courage we need for our lives. We are so glad that you are joining us, and you can always find us at patternsoftruth.org. Welcome to Patterns of Truth podcast, a podcast that provides casual discussion of biblical sound teaching for the encouragement and spiritual growth of Christ followers. My name is Peter Cadiz, and joining me today, Brian Warren and Roy Tuzo, and today we have also Krista Kiro with us. So Brian and Roy introduced themselves last time. So Krista, tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us your favorite food. Hi, Peter. Um, well, I am from Southern California, and I am a teacher. I'm a mother, and I'm really enjoying um, what we're doing here with Patterns of Truth. Uh, my favorite food is probably Mexican. Mm. <laughs> well, I, I hate to disappoint you. I eat it. I don't mind it, but that's my la- least favorite oh, food. Oh, man. I love Mexican food. Uh, my second favorite is Mediterranean. Okay. So I've been- <laughs> now, now we're friends. <laughs> <laughs> I've been learning how to make uh, tabbouleh and hummus. Ah. And, um, I love molokhea. Oh, I man. Egyptian food, that. too. I love uh. Arabic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Tabbouleh takes forever to make. That It does. Chopping everything so tiny. It's not easy. Yep. No, yep. it's mm-hmm. not. I agree. I've cut a few a few fingers doing that. Yeah, now you see, see Peter. I don't know if you can say that you don't like Mexican food until you've gone to El Centro and Brawley. Thank you. Oh, yeah, because then you're Thank in you. real territory. You're going. To, I've been to the East Coast and I've had what they call Mexican food. That's I, not real Mexican. I don't know I'm about sorry. That. Gotcha. It's kind of like eating pizza in. in okay, England, point taken. Know? Yeah, doesn't make sense. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Next time, next time you come out this way whether it's for camp or whatever, I will bring you a real burrito. I'll, I'll definitely do that. And then, and then you can tell me you don't like it and I'll believe it. <laughs> okay. okay. Sounds good. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> All right. Uh, back to our topic. So previously, the previous episode, uh, we spoke about the principle of finding truth. Mm-hmm. So we spoke about what does it take to find truth? We said truth does not change we might have different perspectives, but truth itself doesn't change. It does require hard work, and the Lord urges and encourages us to desire truth. (laughs) The Lord is the source of truth, and we do need His help to find truth. And He is committed to helping us. He wants to help us. So uh, we're going to continue about in the same topic of finding truth. 
uh, more practical. We're going to go more in depth in this discussion. So in, in Proverbs, Brian, it says, buy the truth and sell it not. In Proverbs 23, verse 23. Yeah. How do I buy the truth? And what does it mean to not sell it, yeah. refuse to sell it? Yeah, I think, I think that's a really excellent verse. It's amazing how in Proverbs, uh, you can take something so huge and put it in one sentence. That was what Proverbs is so famous for. Mm. And with the truth, I think probably the starting point is to recognize that it, it does in fact have a cost. Uh, I think most people, they're easily persuaded by things that are not true because they'd rather not think or they, it doesn't occur to them that truth is not what's immediately on the surface. So a lot of times we just kind of take what comes to us and we go, oh, well, obviously that's what happened. Well, is it in fact what happened? Uh, we, we use a lot of modern day proverbs, like don't judge a book by its cover, to remind ourselves that actually to know what's really going on goes into greater depth and more effort than most of us want to do. Uh, but it takes a lot of reflection, a lot of hard work to be able to, one, find out really what is happening, and then two, choose to hold on to that even under pressure. So this is a, a regular concept we find in life, and we find it repeatedly in God's Word, that it isn't enough to just go off of what we see. Mm. Uh, the Lord Jesus talked about this too. Uh, he said to the Pharisees, you judge by appearance. Don't judge by appearance, judge righteously. And I think that's a challenge to us. If we judge by what we see, by how things appear to be, and really that is by what we prefer, mm -hmm. then we aren't going to get it right. We're going to go according to what we want to hear, what we want to do. So it, it really does require us setting aside our desires, submitting ourselves to God, and being willing to do something that's very uncomfortable. Actually, it brings up a formal logical fallacy. So scholars talk about it. It's called confirmation bias. We spoke about this last time, too. Uh, keep going, yeah. We all have to be careful of that. Mm. That's why investigation and effort is necessary. Mm. So could you explain that a little bit more, uh, Roy? I, I'm not as familiar with that, confirmation bias. It's the um, idea, and you'll find it in formal talks and whatnot that people give about argument. It's the tendency that we have to listen to, focus our attention on things that we already believe to be true. Yeah. It actually goes against what we have in Scripture. In uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, we're told not to despise prophecies, but to try all things or test all things, prove all things, depending upon your translation. I think all of those are really good ways of seeing it. Prove all things, hold fast what is right. I like the traditional translation of prove because it brings to my mind the Old Testament vision of the refiner of silver burning off the dross mm. as he purifies silver. And much of what we hear, and especially in the social media so-called today, there may be bits of truth there. There may be actually quite a bit of truth in what a person says, but there's very often a great deal there that's deceptive or just worthless. Mm. And it's good to evaluate carefully what we hear against Scripture so that we can learn to, as Jeremiah said, or what the Lord said to Jeremiah, take forth the precious from the vile, or worthless. 
really the verse is an encouragement to evaluate, just like I quoted in Thessalonians, evaluate what we hear so that we can extract from that what is of real value. Mm. Yeah. So I want to go back to the, the Proverbs verse and says, buy the truth. So the truth, truth has a price. How much does it cost and how to buy it? How can I buy the truth? Yeah, and that's, that's, hard to, um, that's hard to be able to assess. I don't think we can say that in every case, truth is $9.99, and if you have a special coupon, it's $5. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it doesn't work that way. We, we really would love it to work that way. With some relationships, there's a lot more that needs to go into understand what's really going on there. Some situations are very are pretty straightforward, just require a little bit of confirmation. Others require a great deal of investigation. Some topics can be understood pretty easily. Other topics, you may have to get to a PhD level for talking about academic subjects. When we're talking about spiritual insight, we know from scripture that there are some things we cannot hear and understand until we reach a cert- certain maturity. The Lord Jesus said that to his disciples in in his last few hours before the cross, he said, I have many things to tell you, but you can't bear to hear them yet. But when the Holy Spirit comes, now thankfully we have the Holy Spirit with us, but even after Pentecost, when Paul was speaking to his, you know, his disciples, mm. the Christians he was ministering to, he said, you're not ready. You're not ready for what I, I want to bring you into. I believe he was mentioning that to the Corinthians. They were still carnal. And then the writer to the Hebrews, who I think we have good reason to believe was Paul, the writer to the Hebrews says, you should be ready to teach others. And instead, you're having to be, you're having to be taught the basics of the gospel and what that means for the believer. You're still on, on milk, and you're not ready for solid food. So buying the truth, I, I appreciate the question because it's not a one-purchase issue. It's really an ongoing moment-by-moment decision of choosing to live honestly and humbly before God and before ourselves, being honest with ourselves and being honest with others on every single topic, every single situation. I see. I always think about the Bereans, you know, when he was speaking, they didn't just take what he said. They researched and made sure that they, what he said matched with the scriptures. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. They, they checked it out, which, I mean, when you think about it, we have so much capability. We can, with a click of a button, confirm. But for them to read the scriptures and find it out, that would have been very difficult. They didn't have chapters or verses. They would have had to open the scroll and find the area. It would have taken quite a bit of work for them to confirm all that Paul said, because you know he didn't say it in just one sentence. Uh, They valued the truth. Yeah. That brings up an important point, too. The apostle Paul was an apostle. And we should put weight based on a person's stature, spiritual stature. On the other hand, that's not the whole enchilada. We have to investigate for ourselves. So each individual needs to buy the truth in that sense. That's a very good point, too. I have those discussions with my students. I teach fourth grade, and I would tell them sometimes, don't just take what I'm saying. Have a conversation with your parents. See what they say. You know, go look it up. You have so many resources. And and they would come back, and sometimes they would say, well, my parents or my dad said this or that. or, you know, And it was really neat to get them at that young age to start knowing what they believed as truth and why they believed that. And the proverb, when it says truth, what does it mean by truth? Is it spiritual truth? 
or any truth, or we can't, all truth is, is the same. Yeah, it's, you know, that's what's incredible about um, what Krista just mentioned. What makes Christianity so distinct and different is that it has a way, a means, the only means of providing understanding for every aspect of life. And it allows for critical thinking in every single scenario. There's no need for dogma in Christian teaching. Right. Mm. Dogma comes in when we ourselves have been, when we ourselves are, are hung up on something emotional. Sure. We're reacting. And so we say, it has to be this way. Mm. Really, the scripture is very balanced and it agrees and has an interface with all aspects of reality. So when we speak of truth, we certainly are meaning God's revealed word that we wouldn't be able to find naturally. So that's certainly truth. All aspect of the scripture is true. And yet there's a whole lot more. There's, there's so many other aspects to what is truth, um, whether we are going to go into academics, mathematics, and, and sciences, and history, mm-hmm. or whether we're going to go into just a very practical engagement with another person discussing with them and learning how to operate in a free and honest way. All of those things fall into truth and more. Yeah, and last time we said all truth comes from God. Yeah. So he he is the source uh, of all truth, and anything that we see, spiritual or not spiritual, still comes back to the Lord. So second part of the proverb is interesting too. Say, sell it not. So it doesn't look at selling truth as a good thing, it's as a negative thing. Could we talk a little bit more about this? The example that comes to my mind is really taken from Revelation. In the first, uh, in chapter two and three, we have what I'd like to think of as, as a prophetic history. It describes the um, different kinds of churches and through the ages, the different movements or major movements in Christianity. But the uh, one of interest in this connection is Philadelphia. They were commended because they kept the word and not denied the Lord's name. This is a very special commendation to them. But in that letter also to the Lord through the apostle writes, hold fast what you have. Mm-hmm. So they had something and they were to hold it fast. That implies a possibility of not holding it fast. Mm. And so not selling the truth really refers to holding on to what you know to be the truth. And it's very easy to give up truth in a contentious circumstance in which we are today Mm. in order to gain political or circumstantial advantages. And I think that's a real danger for the church today. Yeah, you know, it's it's noteworthy that with the Church of Philadelphia, he was talking to a whole group of believers. And I don't think it's possible to keep a hold of the truth on our own as individuals. We have to work together and depend on each other for an opportunity of being able to know what is in fact true. And then to hold fast to it. Not that it's ourselves and in our power. But the Lord has chosen to use us as a body, right? The, the church as a body. And so often in Christian history, doctrine has fallen too far to the left or to the right. It's become riddled with holes and problems 
because of believers not being willing to listen to one another and not being willing to have arguments. And, and maybe that's one of the things that concerns me is that sometimes we consider a good Bible study to be one in which there's no, no disagreement. I find that to be really concerning because if we're not disagreeing over everything, then we could be misled, you know? We, we, don't, we don't have that, that strong of a hold on things as people that we can all have the answers all the time. That reminds me of the verse in Proverbs again, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens a countenance of his fellow or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The point is that our discussions with one another help us to weed out those misperceptions or simply inadequate understandings of various aspects of what we're given. Mm-hmm. So many times in scripture, there are multiple ways of looking at a particular truth. And I think a good example of that is we see in nature, for example, a diamond or a piece of glass that's cut. And I think we're all familiar with the fact when the sun shines on the clear crystal that it displays multiple different colors of light on, say, the wall or whatever is nearby. And uh, truth is like that. It's, It's a diamond. And uh, we each sometimes struggle to see all the various aspects of what we're given in Scripture. And the one way that we can enlarge our understanding of what we're given is by listening carefully to what others have gotten from Scripture Mm. and realizing that all the different views uh, fit together coherently. And that's a wonderful thing about Scripture. You don't find that in any other literature. But the way in which scripture supports itself in different ways is really evidence of its divine origin. So we shouldn't be scared of argument as believers, uh, since Brian wants to find truth and Peter wants to find truth too. Discussing differences between us will eventually lead to a closer relationship with the Lord and uh, with my brother. Yeah, and you know, what you described there, I think, is the important thing to note that if I have a relationship with a fellow believer, then we have common ground. Um, We've both been baptized by the Spirit of God, right, in the Spirit of God, and we have eternal life and we have a heart for God. Um, Scripture does tell us to avoid two groups of people. If we really want to live honest, humble lives before God and lives of true health, we are exhorted to avoid one false teachers who come to us like wolves in sheep's clothing, right? But then also we're, we're also told repeatedly in the New Testament to avoid rebellious believers. That doesn't mean a believer who slipped up, who made a mistake. We're talking about a believer who has been told, hey, you need some help. Hey, you're at in error here. And that might be a moral failing or that may be a doctrinal failing. And the person is unwilling to hear And so in those cases, we are exhorted not to spend close time with those people because it's going to to impact us and it's going to skew our ability to be able to see clearly. Right. Because we, we don't see clearly on our own. We actually depend on one another to see clearly. And and that's an interesting thing also that we have in nature is uh, I'm slightly colorblind. So my wife and I will be looking at the same piece of clothing and I'll have it wrong. So it's a good thing that I'm married. That's one of the many blessings is my wife can look at my clothing and say, no, we need others and their perspective. But if their perspective is worse than mine is, right, 
mm-hmm. if they're significantly hampered in their spiritual insight because either they're a false teacher or they're an unrepentant believer, well, then I'm actually going to get myself into damage. In 2 Timothy 2.22, it exhorts us to pursue a number of things with those who call upon the Lord out of a pure heart. So we want to be working with others, but we want to be specifically pursuing Christ, pursuing truth with those who are going in that direction. Otherwise, it's really a fool's errand. Krista, it seems like you wanted to say something. Um, I was just going to ask for selling the truth. Would that be similar to the compromises that we see in the church today? You're willing to water it down or make exceptions to things just for the sake of not offending others or making other people happy. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up in, in the meeting and I had never heard a lot of other viewpoints before until I went to the East Coast and I was sitting in a, a Bible study and there were so many things that I'm like, I couldn't believe that they were being taught. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but a lot of people believe them and it really made me have to, to really dig deep into what I knew and what I had been taught and question, you know, call up some of the older brothers that I knew and just run things by them from what I felt to be true and what I was hearing. But I feel like, I don't know, would that be similar to selling it? It would just be to, to give into the compromise that we're seeing? It could be. It could also just be, for instance, coming from another perspective, sometimes we take something to be true without even analyzing it. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that has been very beneficial, I think, with um, what's been going on lately and the limits we're having lately Mm -hmm. is we've had to reevaluate, okay, what does the scripture actually say about gathering together and how should that work? And so uh, it might be just allowing new things and ideas to come in without thinking twice, or it could be allowing traditions we've grown up in to go on without thinking twice. Mm -hmm. And in both cases, you have the same problem. We're taking a pass on really considering, is this true? Is it according to the scripture? To sell something, of course, in just a common way, you're gaining something and giving up something. Right. Mm. And typically, we uh, earn money and we pay a certain amount for a pair of shoes. We need the shoes or we think we do, (laughs) sometimes we don't, but we buy them (laughs) by giving up something that we have. So to sell the truth, already implicit in that statement is the giving up of something of real value. And elsewhere in Proverbs, it talks about truth being like rubies and and valuable commodities. Something you hold. So the thought there is to give up something of real value for something of a lesser value. Hmm. And Satan is a master at jipping us. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. we will He's a master give up. jipper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry. We, we have to watch out that we're not giving up something of value, which, of course, the verse itself implies, uh, for something of lesser value. And so I, I think it relates very much to what you were just saying. There's often a saying that, you know, we um, have a tendency just to fill pews, as I used to say in the old days. Mm. The uh, thought was that you say less, you offend less, and uh, you fill your offering basket, you know. So that's maybe a crude way of putting it, but I think it's a very real danger. And what we need is perception 
and um, wisdom to know exactly what we are doing. Could I put it this way? It's a it's not a fine line, but it's a fine wall between what Brian was saying and what I'm saying. We need to be wise to be able to not be contentious over things that are not important, but at the same time, contend most earnestly for the things that are important. Mm. And we can make mistakes on both sides, and we need each other, and we need experience in the scriptures. But we also need a sense of the time. There were those of the tribe of Issachar and David's time who understood the times in which they lived and were able to give good advice. Maybe Brian can give me the verse a little more accurately, but that's the sense of it, I believe. Mm-hmm. That's the sense. We need wisdom today because we've, we've got so many deceptive ideas floating around. Mm. We are really in the days of 2 Timothy chapter 2 and 3 where Paul says, difficult times shall be there. We are in difficult times, and it requires effort and real humility before the Lord to walk that line. No, thank you so much. It's a fun topic. I would love to talk more about it. But this is the end of our time for today. We look forward to discuss more topics in the future. Thank you both for joining me. Thank you, Krista, and see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Patterns of Truth podcast. We invite you to join us for our next episode. And we also encourage you to check out patternsoftruth.org, where we post articles every week for the encouragement and growth of Christ followers. If you have any questions, please don't hesitate to submit them on our website. I'm Peter. Until next time.